hard-hitting medical truth, cutting through conflict and confusion to the understanding you're searching for. Join Dr. Peter McCullough, world-renowned medical expert and practicing physician for this edition of the McCullough Report. Your life may depend on it. Let's get real. Let's get loud. On America Loud Talk Radio, this is a McCullough Report, and I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. I'm going to dedicate this show to respiratory syncytial virus, hopefully to educate everybody listening to the podcast, educate myself on this virus, and really outline what is what I think is an all-out assault by the biopharmaceutical complex. They see this as a market with new products, and there is an array of products attacking respiratory syncytial virus, so we're going to learn a lot more about it. Let me be the first to say Happy New Year to everybody out there uh, listening to the America Out Loud news platform. The platform, as you know, has been reconfigured for this year. You're going to enjoy it a lot. We have many sponsors, and our sponsors offer deep discounts through America Out Loud News. Uh, make sure that you uh, visit them. We mention them uh, during America Out Loud Pulse, which is every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern. Uh, that's where Malcolm Out Loud hosts me, Dr. Peter McCullough, and we go through a topic, and then we'll take your questions. So if you develop questions through the course of listening to this show, make sure you send them in through the platform to America Out Loud Pulse, and then we'll pick up your questions during the Wednesday afternoon, 5 p.m. Eastern session. Then after that, these are always available on the website. We've done now nearly 100 uh, Q&A sessions, uh, and we're the only platform that takes people's questions and answers them uh, in a curated fashion. And I really hope that we keep the questions going and keep them new and novel so we can bring you the truth to the best that we can do it. It doesn't have to be always medical. It can be a whole variety of issues that you think touch your life and whether Malcolm or myself can help you better understand the issues or better be prepared for the next steps we're willing to to do the best we possibly can on questions. Now on to respiratory syncytial virus. So let me just give you a, a primer on respiratory syncytial virus to give you um, some background. Now, respiratory syncytial virus is a medium-sized membrane-bound RNA virus. So it's a, it's like SARS-CoV-2, like COVID. It's an RNA virus. It's classified as a paramyxovirus. RSV is closely related to other RNA viruses, including measles, mumps, and parainfluenza types 1, 2, and 3. The RNA nucleocapsid of RSV, the ball of the virus, is enclosed by a, a lipid bilayer sphere, and the nucleocapsid genome is a single-stranded RNA coding for only 10 viral proteins. Remember SARS-CoV-2, uh, the COVID um, virus is about three times uh, as big, three times as many proteins. Uh, there, uh, two of these are non-structural proteins. Uh, the remaining eight are structural proteins. The non-structural proteins direct the viral replication within the host cell, so it's typically a form of a, a polymerase that, that does this. The structural proteins are divided into three functional groups. The matrix is made up of two membrane-associated proteins, uh, while three proteins make up the viral capsid, the, the ball. 
In addition, there are three transmembrane surface glycoproteins. Now, these are important. Two of these, a fusion protein, F, and an attachment protein, G, are responsible for the initiation and the propagation of respiratory syncytial virus. Uh, the fusion protein is the target for vaccination. Uh, there are two subtypes of RSV, types A and B. They differ primarily in the composition of the G protein, while the fusion protein F is the same between the two strains. So we simply call it RSV. We don't divide it up into strains. Now, the uh, surface glycoproteins evoke the host-derived antibody response following infection. A primary respiratory social virus uh, infection produces a weak humoral antibody response and does not differ with the severity of disease. These responses are responsible for ending the infection and eliminating the virus, uh, but they do not appear to impart long-term immunity. In fact, it's only with reinfection that the antibody response is enhanced. If the infection reaches a uh, threshold, T-cell-mediated uh, T responses are, are generated. Now, this is interesting because it implies, this review implies uh, that almost you have to get it twice to get some immunity. Now, respiratory social virus is like a cold, so there's fever, chills, sinus congestion, cough, and what we call a bronchiolitis. Uh, the vast majority of cases occur in children under one years old. Uh, but let's get into some clinical data uh, on this. And uh, this is going to correspond to a substack that was uh, published on uh, December 27th, 2023. So you can go to Courageous Discourse Substack uh, and take a look at that to, um, to have the written material to support uh, what I'm going to review for you now. Now, the um, uh, epidemiology of this uh, is as follows. We have um, uh, uh, about 3.6 million infants in the United States under age one. And a respiratory syncytial virus, the vast majority, attack the children under age one. It's easily treated with a nebulizer therapy, albuterol uh, and budesonide, even though budesonide is not approved for infants. It's clinically used uh, very frequently, and it's safe and effective. Urgent care, emergency room, and hospitalization can occur for serious cases, and if treated early, infant mortality should not be a concern. Now, among the 22.4 million children in the United States under age 4, the annual risk of respiratory syncytial virus is well under 1%, so it's very rare that a child's going to get hit with this. The CDC estimates between 100 and 300 RSV deaths occur per year under age 5. Likely, most would be avoided with early albuterol budesonide nebulization therapy at home. These tests are not well characterized, um, and certainly my clinical intuition would say they occur in patients with cystic fibrosis, severe asthma, those with congenital lung disease, uh, those potentially living uh, where they don't get high-quality medical care and don't get a rapid response. Uh, but the, for the average person listening to this podcast, believe me, RSV is not a concern for your child. It's easily treated with these nebulizers. Now, uh, and there is advanced uh, a therapy uh, beyond nebulization if needed. Now, on the CDC webpage, there is an RSV surveillance and research section, uh, and it estimates kind of the burden, if you will, of RSV. So the CDC estimates 2.1 million outpatient uh, visits among children under age 5 per year 
58,000 to 80,000 hospitalizations under age 5, 60,000 to 160,000 hospitalizations uh, of adults 65 and older, and then 6,000 to 10,000 deaths among adults over age 65, and then the 100 to 300 deaths in the children uh, younger than 3 years old. Now, um, most of these estimates um, cannot be completely backed up by data since we don't have uh, great RSV surveillance. And keep in mind, uh, the virus itself is uh, not deadly, and it's likely those who have underlying lung disease uh, or problems with the upper airway, they get in uh, trouble. Uh, but the biopharmaceutical complex has really targeted RSV in an unprecedented uh, uh, manner. And uh, I list from the CDC webpage what the biopharmaceutical complex, that means the pharmaceutical companies, the regulatory agencies, the public health agencies are really doing about RSV. Now, adults age 60 or older are, are supposed to get a single dose of the RSV prefusion virus vaccine. And this is um, um, brand new. Um, now, the CDC, interestingly, uses the word shared decision-making. They're supposed to share in the decision of it and not pressure someone to take the virus. Now, infants and young children, uh, the CDC recommends either the maternal RSV antigen vaccine in the third trimester of pregnancy or a monoclonal antibody injection of the child at birth. Most infants will not need both um, The uh, vaccination in pregnancy occurs between weeks 32 and 36, um, and this uh, should be immediately before the RSV season. And um, uh, the name of the RSV vaccine is uh, Abrivzio. There is an RSV vaccination for infants and children. Um, uh, The first off will be the monoclonal antibody, which is given in uh, infants uh, aged aged eight months or, or younger, during the first RSV season, the first dose of nurse, uh, the, the monoclonal antibody, which is called nirsevimab, um, uh, is given in, in uh, infants and children 8 to 19 months who are at increased risk for severe RSV disease entering their second RSV season. So it doesn't just stop with the first RSV season. Now, there's a different monoclonal antibody called pavalizumab, which is uh, limited to children aged 24 months and younger with certain conditions um, and uh, can be given uh, at high risk for RSV, but it must be given once a month during the RSV season. So let me see if I get this uh, summarized for you. So it's vaccination for adults over age 60. It's vaccination for pregnant women. It's uh, um, uh, monoclonal antibodies for uh, children, not once, but uh, twice, and in fact, potentially monthly. Now, the U.S. FDA uh, focused on nirsevimab. Nirsevimab is, again, a monoclonal antibody against uh, the respiratory syncytial virus. It's targeted against the fusion protein. Remember, the fusion protein is what the virus uses to enter human cells. Uh, it's called Bayfortis, or nirsevimab, and it's brought forward by Sanofi um, in Europe, AstraZeneca with Sanofi in the United States. And the FDA approved this monoclonal antibody in babies and toddlers on July 17, 2023, which is uh, amazing. Now, this is the quote the, CDC, the FDA gives. 
RSV can cause serious disease in infants and children and results in a large number of emergency department and physician office visits to, uh, per year. John Farley said, director of the Office of Infectious Diseases at the FDA Drug Evaluation and Research, today's approval addresses a great need for products to help reduce the impact of RSV in children and families in the health system. Now, uh, nearly the same time the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends Bayfortis um, uh, to be approved uh, to the uh, schedule. So it's a monoclonal antibody, but it's, it's not, so it's not an immunization, but it's being added to the immunization schedule. It says it's recommended by the FDA and the CDC. And um, uh, so this is really, uh, you know, fully developed with, uh, you know, within the last few months of the, the summer into the fall. What was this all based on? Uh, there was a New England Journal of Medicine paper. First author is Pamela Griffin. It's called the Nursevab Study Group. And this randomized uh, two to one. So more uh, babies randomized to receive nirsevimab versus placebo. Uh, these are uh, uh, infants uh, that, you know, this is given in the first year. Now, uh, there was a small fraction uh, that was given on the first day of life, but they are recruited, entered into this trial. If we focus on hospitalization, which is the biggest ideal of all, um, the rate of RSV hospitalization with, uh, with nirsevimab uh, was 0.8% and 4.1% uh, in, in, uh, with the monoclonal antibody and 4.1% uh, with placebo 150 days after the shot. The next uh, trial is by Laura Hammett, and this is the Melody Study Group. Again, similar design. Um, uh, uh, there they found that... Um, the rate of uh, hospitalization um, let's see if I can get it here yeah hospitalization for RSV occurred in 0.6 or six infants in the nurse of nurse of group and in eight infants or 1.6 percent in the placebo group and um, this was not statistically significant. So in both of these studies, sure, the antibody reduces hospitalization, which is infrequent, uh, but it's not perfect. It doesn't eliminate hospitalization. And then the third paper is by uh, Maria Wilma R. Tuladi Mapoli, and um, uh, this is from the Philippines, and it's a meta-analysis just incorporating the two trials. Uh, and there they... Um, uh, indicate um, a problem, and the problem is with adverse events. So let me read this to you. Adverse events leading to death. In the Griffin trial, it was two events out of 968 patients, and it was three events over 469 in placebo. With the Hammett trial, there were three events that led to death in the nurse of MF, three out of 987, um, but there were zero out of 491 in placebo. So there's an imbalance of deaths here. We shouldn't see any deaths uh, with RSV to begin with, um, and certainly not with these products. So this has led uh, to a great concern that we could uh, potentially be in trouble here with, um, with this new product. Now, it's already out of the gate. It's already being used. Uh, but the clinical trial is showing this signal on death motiv motivated me to... Uh, bring an expert on, and uh, that is Dr. Helene Benoun, who's a former inserm, sci inserm scientist from France. Uh, her primary language is French, so I want you to be 
um, uh, understanding as she uh, works through uh, through the interview in, in English. But I, I really wanted her to bring on and analyze this for us. And uh, in what she's going to present is, is going to be some very uh, disturbing data. Uh, and uh, the, uh, she has, along with Dr. Christine McAwey, uh, obtained the infant mortality data from the time of the rollout of the RSV product, Nursivimab, in France. And uh, it was rolled out on um, uh, uh, September 15th, 2023. And sure enough, the end of September into October, uh, the mortality rate in infants, and there's about, about 200,000 infants in France that have been injected, has gone up. So uh, the reference line indicates that, and there is some variation in infant deaths over time, the rate of an infant death is 0 0.69 per thousand births. So it should be way, way less than 1%. And in um, <coughs> September of 2023, there were 54 infant deaths between two and six days um, out of uh, 55,489 live births. That gives a rate of 0 0.97 deaths per thousand. Oh, wait a minute. Remember, the baseline rate is 0 0.69 deaths per thousand. Now in September, um, uh, remember the product was rolled out uh, halfway through the month. Uh, the rate jumps up to 0 0.97 deaths per uh, thousand. That's about a 50% uh, increased risk in uh, death. Um, now, uh, there's going to be some variability there. And uh, in the Courageous Discourse Substack, there are confidence intervals, what's considered the 95% confidence intervals. Um, so uh, we have a situation that statistically it's extremely unlikely that we would see this rise in September in, um, in France as this rolls out. It's extremely disturbing. The October data and November data are still not in. Dr. Um, Helene Benoun has requested that and uh, has put out uh, a voice of concern to the European Medicine Agency that, wait a minute, this was rolled out. You had 200,000 babies that were injected. Remember, there are no long-term outcomes with this product. Nobody knows beyond 150 days what in the world happens when a baby receives an injection of a monoclonal antibody directed against the RSV fusion protein. But the biopharmaceutical complex is, is running the table here, and uh, Benoun indicates that in France, that Sanofi is directly financially incentivizing hospitals and midwives to give the in injection. Um, uh, the EMA has not launched an investigation to this. Benoun is heavily uh, censored. She says even her internet provider, Orange Internet in France, is uh, blocking her uh, video streaming presentations uh, from her IP address and home, so she has to go outside and try to gain access to this. I think this is you know great gain access to the internet. So I think this is greatly concerning. Um, I think everybody listening to this should be concerned. Uh, remember, in France, uh, which has some draconian um, legislation and policies and procedures regarding uh, internet. Uh, censorship actually provides no access to Rumble. And Benoun told me she has to go through a virtual private network to get to Rumble. But when I was in France a few months ago, I couldn't get on to even access my Rumble account. 
So we have a great show for you uh, uh, today. I do want to um, have a little intermission between the monologue and our interview with Helene Benoon. And I just received a great song from Robert Lopaka Souza. Uh, Robert, somebody who I met at a swanky party uh, in Malibu, uh, uh, you know, about a year ago. And uh, he, this is a great video. You can find it on YouTube. He does this solo performance in front of just dozens of kids. It's great. And the title of the, of the song is called, Could You Be That Brave? Robert Lopaka Souza. So with that, let's get on to the show. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD for 25% off. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report, and I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. Wow, I just took my first supplement of Healthy Cell Heart and Vascular Health, a new offering. It comes in a bright new red package. You can't miss it. Red for heart health. Uh, This is, again, the Healthy Cell Microgel technology. Uh, The serving size is one gel pack, which is uh, 0.85 ounces or 25 mLs. And what it contains is amazing. Uh, It has um, 32 milligrams of niacin in the form of niacinamide, which is 200% of the um, daily requirement, vitamin uh, B6, folate, which is methylated folate, vitamin B12, magnesium, 100 milligrams of magnesium citrate. I commonly recommend that for heart patients. Uh, uh, 100 milligrams of potassium citrate, which is a small amount of additional dietary uh, potassium. One gram of soluble fiber, which is amazing to pick up a gram of fiber just in the supplement, uh, beetroot powder, uh, um, ahi flower seed oil, aronia berry juice concentrate, coenzyme Q10, we recommend that for so many patients on statins, vitamin K2, grape seed extract, and reversitrol, which is uh, the active ingredient that's in Red wines, that's so beneficial for heart disease. It's all in the Healthy Cell Supplement. I'm so excited. I will be recommending this to my cardiovascular patients. It's quick to take. It's readily absorbed. You could take this one at any time through the day, but probably for my patients, I'll be recommending it in the morning. So go to HealthyCell.com and uh, take a look at it. If you go to America Out Loud Talk Radio, the uh, website platform for our show Click on the banner bar for Healthy Cell, and that'll lock you right into getting a discount on your very first purchase of Healthy Cell Heart and Vascular Health Supplement. So let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report.
You be as brave as king on the mountaintop standing tall. Would you be as brave as Schindler or Abu Jamal? Could you be as brave as Julian Assange, tortured behind prison walls? Or Daniel Ellsberg, who risked his life for a noble cause? Could you be as brave as Jesus, hung on the cross for us all? And for the children, I ask, could you stand that tall and swell up the walk and stand my ground? You shall sing my song, I sing it loud and strong. You shall walk the walk, yeah, but it won't be long before I'm gone and my song is done. Hey, hey, there's a better way But you've got to give your love away If you want to be free If you want to be free Kennedy, McCullough, and Malone standing up, risking it all. Could you be as brave as Anne Frank, hiding behind bedroom walls? Could you be as brave as Paul Revere, shouting out a warning call? Well, good old Abe Lincoln. nobler cause Could you be as brave as the Samaritan who risked his life for us all And for the children I ask Could you stand the tongue And now walk the walk and stand my ground You shall sing my song, I'll sing it loud and strong. You shall walk the walk, and I won't be long before we're all gone and our songs are done. Hey, hey, there's a better way 
got to give your love away If you want to be free You want to be free Where you were born to be And swell up the walk and stand my ground. You shall sing my song, I sing it loud and strong. And you shall walk, and it won't be long before I'm gone. My song is done Hey, hey, hear what I say Hey, hey, there's a better way But you've got to give your love away If you want to be free If you want to be free Where you were born to be How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix Rx. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix Rx is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. The wellness companies offering the Signature Series Spike Support Formula. The wellness company supports this formula because it's designed to remove spike protein from the body in its design, in terms of its mechanism of action. The accumulation of spike protein occurs because of repeated COVID-19 vaccination and COVID-19 illness. The spike protein stays in the body a long time, causes heart, brain, body tissue damage, as well as blood clotting. The spike support formula is designed to help the body catabolize the spike protein, begin to remove it through its natural mechanisms. It includes natokinase, the principal ingredient, 2,000 fibrinolytic units or 100 milligrams. Those are uh, equal 
in terms of uh, conversion. Selenium, 75 micrograms. Black sativa extract, 500 milligrams. Irish sea moss powder, 500 milligrams. Green tea extract, 150 milligrams. And dandelion extract, 50 milligrams. Why the other ingredients? The other ingredients are designed to help block the spike proteins effect on tissues, help tissues recover and repair. It's the best we have now when patients are in need. At this point in time, we can't make broad therapeutic claims regarding disease states, but we can tell you that this is reasonable in terms of supporting the body and helping the body clear spike protein and allowing your pathway back to better health. So go to twc.health and check out the spike support formula you can use our promotional codes or go through our banner bars on our site to get promotional codes and discounts on your purchase. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Lean, pure, with premium ingredients, Global Healing's Pure Plant Protein offers 20 grams of protein per scoop and it's a perfect way to maintain and build lean muscle while indulging yourself. It combines enzymes and probiotics to maximize nutrient absorption, improving digestion, and your gut health. Available in vanilla and chocolate flavors, elevate your protein consumption while supporting your overall wellness with pure plant protein. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD, Global Healing giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news, liberty and justice for all. Let's 
Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is a McCullough Report and Courageous Discourse Substack. It's a great pleasure for me to bring back to the show, this time in video and audio, Dr. Helene Benoon. Dr. Benoon is a former INSERM scientist. Uh, she is a research scientist uh, located in France. And our topic today is going to be nursimab, nursivimab. And nursivimab is a monoclonal antibody given to infants uh, directed against respiratory syncytial virus. She has a key update regarding outcomes, uh, including fatal outcomes. Dr. Benoon, welcome to McCullough Report. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, excuse me for my very bad uh, oral English. I'll try to do the best. <laughs> my my fans loved your French accent last time. Uh, it was quite endearing. And we had a, a great conversation. Many of you know Dr. Benoun because of her work uh, and scholarship on SARS-CoV-2 virus and the vaccines, particularly actually around transfer or shedding. But we're going to talk about a different topic now, and this is nirsevimab, which is a, mon a monoclonal antibody. So it is a, uh, a monoclonal antibody uh, as, a as a prevention for the development of respiratory syncytial virus. So Dr. Benoun, why don't you go ahead and kick it off? I, I, I will explain what I, I found about this. Um, the, the name is Biofortress for this monoclonal antibody. And in the clinical trials, we see, and FDA and EMA confirm that, that there is an imbalance of death in the treated groups versus placebo groups. So it's a very dangerous product. And um, it's it has a low efficacy. And we may say that uh, it has a negative efficacy, like COVID vaccine, because we see bronchorelitis in the treated groups. And uh, it has to remind that uh, before, years ago, uh, they tested uh, classical vaccines, again, RSV, and they found RDA, and antibody dependent enhancement of the disease by the vaccine, by the antibodies of the vaccines. And for me, it's the same things with this monoclonal antibody. Why? Because they modified the FC fragment of the antibody. You know, the, in an antibody, you have the FAB fragment that bind to the virus, and the S, yes, okay, and the FC fragment bind to the FC receptor on human cell. And they enhance the binding of the, of the monoclonal antibody to enhance the binding to the cells, human cells. So it, it can facilitate the entry of the virus in the cell. So Dr. Benoun, let me just summarize for our audience. You know, antibody-dependent enhancements always been something we've been worried about. Because if antibodies bind the virus, but not very tightly, it means they don't neutralize the virus. And then the virus, the, the FC fragment of the monoclonal antibody actually is um, uh, brought in proximity to cell receptors. In a sense, the antibody can bring the virus into the cell. And, and exactly, that's what exactly. you have observed. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Uh, we can uh, think that it's not it's not proved, but uh, as they modify this FC fragment versus the precedent, the former drug 
which was used, it was uh, Synegis. It was also an anti um, anti monoclonal antibody, but with a FC fragment not modified. And when they, they, they test the two antibodies in clinical trials, they see, they see more deaths and more adverse effects and more bronchiolitis in the group treated by uh, nirsevimab, the new antibody modified on the FC versus the old antibody non-modified of the on the FC. So we can think that it is a reason for for this this uh, ADE. So let me just uh, stop you there, and I want to bring in some uh, data from the two trials. So there's two trials on nirsevimab, and the trade name is Bayfortis. The first one is by Griffin and colleagues in 2020. In there. Um, uh, in terms of death, there were two deaths uh, with nirsevimab out of 968 in the active group, and then three deaths over uh, 479 placebo. But one of the deaths occurred actually after the study, but they counted it uh, in the placebo group. Now, in the um, Hammett trial, which is called the Melody trial in 2022, uh, there the there were three deaths with nirsevimab or Bayfortis and zero with placebo. And again, with infants, we'd expect zero mortality. There should be zero mortality. In terms of um, in terms of efficacy, for the Griffin study in 2020, um, they actually didn't observe a benefit for hospitalization, and they actually imputed data in the Griffin study to try to come up with some calculated uh, evidence of efficacy. And when I'm talking about efficacy, I'm talking about hospitalization because RSV is a very simple infection at home like any other respiratory infection. So the only thing that counts in RSV is hospitalization or death from RSV. And then in the in the Hammett study, the Melody trial, hospitalization, the relative risk for hospitalization was not statistically significant. The p-value was 0.07. So um, it's really raised the issue that... Um, this product has actually been approved in the United States. Has it been fully approved in Europe as well? It's approved in Europe. In France, government recommend the injection of all newborns at the maternity ward. Oh, my from, Lord. Is this from, happening from, in, in France right yes, now? Yes. In France, from September 15, they injected more than 200,000 doses. 200,000 doses. You know, uh, this is, the, let me say the, something. So in France, they've already injected 200,000 babies with nirsevimab or Bayfortis, which as we've just pointed out, there is a mortality signal concern and really a lack of convincing efficacy. Let me just yes. tell you in the clinical trials, in the, um, in the uh, uh, Griffin trial, the 2020 trial, there were only 516 uh, infants under three months that would apply in, in a sense to this early group and only 577 in the Melody trial. So we're basically talking about um, 1,093 infants, newborn infants or close to newborn in the trials. Uh, and in that subgroup, there is not going to be any statistical significance at all. That is the basis by which the regulatory authorities and the hospitals have all started widespread injection of nirsevimab, or it's also known as Bayfortis, 
monoclonal antibodies against RSV in infants. Dr. Benoon, what is going on in terms of clinical trials and the regulatory agencies? Uh, I don't know why they recommend this product because they say uh, the high authority health in France, they say that uh, bronchiolitis is a, not a severe disease. They say that it, it did, uh, the antibody does, don't um, reduce hospitalization and mortality. They say that, but at the end of the, of the, re of the report, they say, we recommend because um, the product is um, is uh, marketed by Sanofi, a French uh, group. It's uh, it's um, produced by AstraZeneca, but marketed by Sanofi. And I learned yesterday that Sanofi gives direct bonus to the hospitals that inject this product, and the hospitals they gave bonus they give bonus to the midwives. Who injects the product? Oh my lord! No, so Sanofi no, is, no. Is, is directly financially incentivizing yes, and, the French and hospitals the, and the midwives to give these the, injections uh, on the first day of life. This is just wide open corruption. And, now, now let me ask you something else. In France, are they also giving mothers in the third trimester? Are they giving them the vaccine, the uh, antigen-based vaccine for? RSV. No, not yet, not yet. It's not uh, approved, not yet. Okay. Uh, what I have to to add is that the price of Biofortus is kept kept secret in France. Mm. I learned that it is five hundred dollars in America, in in USA, the dose for one dose, but in France it is secret. And according to nurses, they 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 talk together and they they think that the price would be around uh, $800 uh, uh, euro in France for, for, because they are able to give a bonus, important bonus to it's, it's, it's very, uh, complete corruption. Yes. And what you say, a uh, French statistician um, took the data of the official um, Statistic office in France, and after the uh, beginning of the campaign of uh, injection in uh, September 15, we see in September and October a uh, spike in deaths of newborns between two and six days of life. We see a spike of 50% of uh, deaths of newborns, of new newborns. Uh, we don't have the data for November. It's very strange, but uh, normally we will have the, the data in December, but we don't have the data. As we published the, the, the alert, I, I, I fear that they, they hide, hide the data. Of so the, let me you, summarize. So, um, and I'm going to provide the links to these data sources in the show notes because uh, Dr. Benoon has given them to me. So an independent statistician has taken the French national data for newborn um, mortality and, um, and has reported since the introduction of uh, nursevimab or bifortis, there's been a spike, a 50% increase in, in infant newborn 
mortality in France, and now the November data are delayed. Are you concerned that this mortality ch change is directly due to the this new procedure of administering these monoclonal antibodies? For, for the statistician, uh, you the spike two months on a row above what what is expected is is very very significant. So uh, the, the the government has to 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 look for the, the reason and what what we could say it's it's a coincidence it's it's at the same time that uh, the campaign of injection started we cannot say uh, anything else mm -hmm. uh, there, there is no um, excess of death uh, before the two days of last and no after we have not yet the, the data because it's too early, but uh, we see just the, the, the peak, the, the spike of death just after the injection because uh, mothers, they, they stay four or five days at the maternity. So it's, it's just uh, at the same time. What we, could, what we, can, we can say, it, well, it's, it, it is to be investigated. investigated. You know, we're in uncharted waters because... We know when the babies are born, they have a thymus gland, so a pretty big immune gland in the neck. Um, and, you know, T cells are processing antigens. There are B cells um, in the lymph tissue uh, as well as the spleen. They're just getting oriented. You know, the baby is for the first time, you know, experiencing respiratory antigens. The baby is also getting colostrum, which is antibodies in breast milk. But now in this in this bizarre new era of biotechnology, the baby's getting systemic monoclonal antibodies. And I assume they're an IgG monoclonal antibody. Is that right? Yes, this, uh, this is a, an IgG. I, I, I'm not sure to have understood what you say, what you ask. But but uh, the nursevimab bayfortis is an IgG antibody. So it is yes, uh, yes. a fully humanized yeah monoclonal antibody, and we can have no idea what this is going to do to the baby's immune system. So, yes. it, it, so, so the adverse possibilities are, we've already covered uh, antibody-dependent enhancement, but isn't it true that, you know, babies are getting exposure to respiratory syncytial virus and other viruses all the time. So, uh, you know, a normal baby with a normal immune system uh, is very likely to form an immune defense against RSV and do perfectly fine. So the vast majority of babies do perfectly fine. If we give a monoclonal antibody and now we block the natural ability of the immune system to handle RSV, could it backfire and lead to worse outcomes? Yes, because we we are in the in, in a epidemic phases of the of bronchiolitis of RSV, and they inject during the epidemic. So um, perhaps many many babies are infected by this virus, and so uh, with a monoclonal antibody with modified FC fragment, they enhance the entry of the mm -hmm. of the virus to the cells, and they enhance the disease. I, I, we can fear that. But, but the, the spike that you're seeing uh, reporting now in the fall of 2023 in French hospitals immediately after administration, that points to something else, uh, either an anaphylactic or anaphylactoid uh, reaction, some type of acute reaction uh, that, that could lead to death, a, a febrile seizure, for instance, 
uh, or yes, some other. I, I, I received testimonies uh, by, by internet and also direct testimonies that babies uh, have a respiratory uh, syndrome, distress, and they go in intensive care, care with bronchiolitis. And if you see on the UJWA vigilance, it's an adverse mm -hmm. effect report system in Europe, most of the adverse effects are bronchiolitis after biofortus. So oh, it's... Okay. So, so it's... We, we, it's well, we, we know that all on, on, uh, monoclonal antibodies are toxic, but this one, uh, it has this specific toxicity more than other monoclonal antibodies, the spe specific toxicity that enhances the the, the disease. Oh, because we so, are we are in epidemic phase. I see. So so the setting is we're in the seasonal period for a respiratory syncytial virus. The reports are uh, an acute form of a bronchiolitis, potentially RSV, antibody enhanced by the injection of nirsevimab and bayfortis in infants. This is the concern that's arisen. Uh, it's a legitimate concern because of the two original trials, Griffin and Hammond. And now it's been realized, unfortunately, in real-world data in France. And we've been talking to Dr. Helene Benoun, former INSERM scientist, uh, a French citizen, and, and concerned. Uh, Dr. Benoun, let me ask you one more question on this topic. Um, if you were a young mother or a grandmother, uh, what would you advise the, the mother? Is the mother allowed to decline the administration of yes, the yes, 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 yes. They can decline, but they insist. I have testimonies that during the stay in the maternity ward, they ask four or five times, "Do you want to inject?" Do you want? And after when they go to the pediatrician, uh, they. Um, they ask or also to to inject. Oh, it's, it's very dangerous. It's it's uh, it's awful. And that uh, since uh, beginning of December, I alert alerted on this subject on Twitter. Uh, X, I am fully shadow ban, fully. And I published a, a book in in French i hope it, it will be translated in english a book uh, about all my work since uh, beginning of 2020 and the book is is censored is a high, it's, it's a high censorship on my book uh, on the internet um, um, selling sites it's it's uh, invisible do you do you it's, think it's, you're being actively do you think you're being actively censored? By uh, yeah, I'm. I'm sure, but because my um, internet provider, the, what is this is a big biggest company uh, in France, they censored. Today, hopefully, they let me um, converse with you, with you, but with France, with um, independent scientific in France, I cannot uh, stream from my home. I have to go uh, uh, outside because they censored me. I am sure. Oh my no. gosh! That means they they and have they, the IP address of your home computer. Yes, it's, it's, they are not, my provider. They are and your internet provider. provider is Orange, right? Yes, and they and they um, uh, when I try to send mails, emails, uh, announcing my book, specifically these mails, they uh, they didn't want to send them 